The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Uri Nidam, Hashem Mishminu Vehayehu, in honor of all the members of the Minyan, all the members of the Dafa Yomi, and in honor of the Rabbi, Tiskel Mitzvot, may he continue to succeed. Aslahav, Arvacha, Bechol Ma'asiyadav, Amen. Daf Kof Aleph. Today's daf is being studied. Lenu Shvat Avram ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tinehenu Begin Eden, Amen. Today's daf is being studied. Ashlema Yosef ben Sarah, Sarah Bat, Rachel. Enna Refana Lahim. We begin today's daf and kuf amud bet, and we are starting from the mishnah on the bottom of the amud. We're discussing today three specific cases. The first case we discuss is a lady that's called a mimainit. Mimainit means she made miun. Her father had died, this lady, and therefore her mother or her brother married her off. Okay, that's considered a kedushin vidrabanan. And uh, when she becomes of age, let's say 12 years old, she's able to come along and say, I do not want to remain married anymore. And she makes what's called a miun. The way miun works, retroactively, it nullifies the marriage from the inception. Okay, so that's a lady that made a miun. The second lady we're talking about is a shiniyah. If you remember, we learned in Masechid Yibamot, certain ladies are forbidden midrabanan. They are called shiniyot. Certain ladies are forbidden from the Torah. So we're talking about a man that married a shini. Married somebody that's a him midrabanan. Last case, Ailonit. Ailonit is a lady that she cannot have children. Uh, when the man married her, he didn't know that she was a Ailonit. He married an Ailonit, and they realized later that it was Ailonit, so we could argue that this marriage was considered under a false pretense, and therefore it is a mekah ta'ut. We want to discuss now in this Mishnah, these three ladies, what is the status of them receiving ketubah? So the Mishnah says, in all these cases, in lahem ketubah. They do not have ketubah. The question is, why not? So that's she. Hashiniyah, I'll start with the Mishnah. Shiniyah la'arayot. Shem midvreh sofrim mefurash b'yibamot. Good. In lahem ketubah, mema'enet b'shum deba'atzma yotza. Very good. We have a rule that when the lady herself is leaving the marriage, she forfeits the ketubah. The lady only gets a ketubah in the case of the husband divorces her, or let's say the husband dies. But if she's the one that's leaving, so she left it herself, she did it herself. So the mima'in, she's saying, I refuse. So therefore she loses her ketubah. Shiniyah can bananu. Shiniyah as well, it's a kanas, banan. This lady over here got married, so therefore we say what? She forfeits her which means, remember we learned in Yibamot that when a Shiniyah gets married, she's the one that instigates the marriage. Because she thinks of herself, she has nothing to lose. She doesn't become a halala, for example. She doesn't become pasul when she marries. And the children are kashir. So therefore, she pushes the marriage. So therefore, since she instigated the marriage, it's marriage of Yisud. Therefore, she forfeits her ketubah. And last but not least, Ailonit bishub de mekah ta'utu. And Ailonit, it was, it was under false pretense. If you don't have to pay ketubah to a lady that you marry, you thought she's able to have child, children. And they find that she cannot have children, so therefore there is no ketubah in all these cases. And there's also another payment that is forfeited in these three marriages. And the Gemashnah says, Velo perot. Okay, what is perot? Perot literally means fruit. We have to read Rashi. There's two interpretations over here what it means perot. Rashi. Velo perot. Din perot. doesn't mean perot physically. It means the law of perot. What is the law of perot? Which means, we learned in Masichet uh, Ketubot uh, uh, earlier, that there's a din of perkona, that the husband is obligated to 
redeem his wife if she's taken into captivity. Now, why they put that obligation to ransom his wife? Because he has benefits. He has benefits because since he eats the perot of the nechsemilot of the lady, the lady brings into the marriage certain fields. The fields belong to her, but the husband eats the perot. So in the um, in the payment, in the zechut of eating the perot, he has to redeem her. So the deen over here is, and these three ladies over here, he doesn't have, he not have the obligation of deen perot. What's the deen of perot? He does not have the obligation to redeem his, uh, these wives in the case they were taken into captivity. That's the first interpretation. Because really, Pirkona is a Tnai Ketubah. It's a condition that's written in the Ketubah. And just like these ladies forfeited their Ketubah, they forfeit all the perks and the benefits that come with the Ketubah, which is included, is the Pirkona, her redemption. They came on the Enla Ketubah, Enla Tnai Ketubah. That's the first explanation of Rashi. So again, Perot means Din Perot. The law of Perot meaning of Redemption of taking the money to, to save her from captivity. The eat the amre. The nashi brings in parentheses another interpretation. Some want to say kilomar af lo perot im achlan, which means regular perot. Let's say the husband over here married to the uh, the ailonit or married to the shenia. He ate perot. He's eating the perot over there. He does not now. They nullify the marriage. Don't think he has to compensate her now because you're saying the marriage was not a marriage. The marriage is on a false pretense. Well, the marriage retro- retroactively was uh, nullified. They say, okay, pay me back the perot that you ate. Really, you weren't, we weren't married, really. Kamashwalano, the perot that he ate, he keeps. En mishalem na perot nechsem milog she'achal. Vafagav, the kai malam perkin de la'ed, even though we learned about teknu perkonat tahat perot nechsem milog, she'ochik na lo katav la im tishtabai frekinach, hayav neftotah, ve'ak lo karin na anbam de'ot binach li le'intu. In this case, they're not considered married. Because the marriage was under uh, a false pretext. Shiniyah, because it's, 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 it's in uh, Wikinasta. And therefore, since Wikinasta is like we took away the Ketubah, you shouldn't have rights to eat Perot as well. Just like we learned, we're going to learn, let's say a uh, lady, uh, she brings into the marriage and says, Son Barzel. Son Barzel are fields that she brings in. The husband gets to use these fields. He actually sets a, a price that he's going to pay her in the case of a divorce or death. Let's say he, uh, he, uh, um, he makes a shuman the field of $1,000, right? So regardless, he has to pay his wife $1,000 unless the fields are still around, then he has to actually give the fields back to her at the time of divorce or death. In these cases over here, the dean is, since, uh, let's say, he married a shiniyah, right? She did something that's asur. So she loses a son barzel. The husband can keep the son barzel. So it says, just like we said, the husband keeps the tzombarzel, she cannot collect the perot that he ate petnai ketubah. Because she'll come along and say, hey, we're nullifying the marriage. No ketubah, good. No ketubah. Part of the ketubah says you get to eat perot. I'm not getting my ketubah. I want all that money for the trade for the perot. Sorry. The deen is that all these men get to eat the perot. They don't have to compensate. Okay. Meaning what? In these cases of me, he does not have to supply his wife, Mizonot. Well, I understand the lady that's a uh, Ailonit, because of the false pretense. So he doesn't have to feed her. I also understand because of a Shiniyah, it's Knas. But what do you want for the Mima in it? Why should the Mima in it? Uh, she's, she's married to a Ketana. So what, he's not going to feed her? He doesn't have to feed her the whole marriage? Because well, she has the ability to make Mi'un? That doesn't make sense. Why should she starve? Because she didn't do anything wrong. So that she says... Uh, the case of the Mi'un case is talking about like this. Let's say the lady was married. Okay, the Katana was married. Husband went overseas. So she went and borrowed money to, to pay for a Mizunot. She borrowed money. Now what happens? She makes a Mi'un. She cannot go back to the husband and say, well, listen, I borrowed $1,000 when you were away for the Mizunot. He's not obligated to pick up that uh, tab. But of course, when they're living together, of course he has to pay mezonot for, 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 the, for, the, for the ketana. He's married. The hadush is that in the case she borrowed money to pay for a mezonot, and then she made a mi'un, she has no claim on the mezonot that she, the money that she spent or borrowed for mezonot. That's the way that she understands the case of mi'un. So let's read the Mishnah again. All these three ladies, common denominator. Number one, in lahem, 
Ketubah, number two, Velo Perot, number three, Velo Mezonot, number four, Velo Belaot. Okay, Belaot is, let's say she brought into the marriage, clothes. Okay? Uh, let's, we'll call them, uh, let's say, she brought in the clothes over there, and now the husband is wearing them. Okay? And what happened? Now, by the husband wearing these clothes, they became worn out. Okay? They, they lost some of their value. So that she says, Beshuma means they were evaluated. On the way out, he does not have to return her these clothes. We'll see exactly the Deen and the Gemara will explain why that is so. Now we continue some other cases. But let's say in the beginning, when they got married, he knew she was Ailunit. So there was no false pretense there. Then of course, yesh la ketubah. Then of course she doesn't lose a ketubah because the guy knew exactly what he was getting into. Next case. Almanah le gadol. All these cases are marriages that are isur. Obviously in almanah to kohen gadol is forbidden. Girushah v'halutzah le kohen edyot. A divorce or a halutzah cannot marry a kohen edyot. Mamzeret v'netinah. They say those are two uh, types of people that are forbidden. A mamzeret or a natin married to Yisrael. Bat Yisrael and natin the opposite. A bat Yisrael married a Latino Mamzer, Yesh Lahem Ketubah. Interesting. In these cases over here, the lady gets a Ketubah. It's logic. That's she. Almana le Kohen Gadol, second wide line. Yesh Lah Ketubah. If the Shehi Pesula, the Valda Pesula, I didn't see in. The Fikach Ena Margila To Elahu Margila, or Mishadila Nasselu. The Fikach Katsu Oto, the Ten Ketubah. In these cases over here. What happens to an almana when she marries a Kohen Gadol? She becomes a halala. What happens to the children? They become halalim. So therefore, she really would not want to marry a Kohen Gadol. If she did, that means the Kohen Gadol was convinced her and enticed her. Exactly. So therefore, we put the knas on the Kohen Gadol and the same cases of the, the, the Mamzer and all these cases over here that we say since the husband was the one that uh, did the enticing, so therefore we knas somebody has to pay the uh, Ketubah. It comes the Gemara. Rav Tane Ketana Yotza Beget En La Ketubah Vechot Sheket Memahenet. Okay, now we have a Mahloket in the proper text of our Mishnah. Rav's text in our Mishnah was Ketana. That's a, a minor girl. Got married. So now she wants to get divorced. Yotza Beget. She's got to get a divorced. And that ketubah, and she does not get a ketubah. Now, why should a ketanah not get a ketubah? So that she says, ketanah yotza beget in the ketubah kasmat in the suet ketanah in the kimfute be'alma. Because he looks at the marriage of a ketanah as nothing. Ketanah is more just like a seduction. It's like he seduced a, uh, a girl. So therefore, there is no ketubah by a ketanah. So if you learn there's no ketubah by a ketanah, the Gemara says, ve'chot shekem emema in it. Or the Muslim emema in it. Now, why, what's the culture, kid? Because she's leaving. She's leaving. She's saying, I want out. Now, in the case of a ketana where the husband's getting rid of her, you don't have to pay ketubah. In the case where she's leaving on her own, the ketubah is forfeited. However, Shemuel learns differently. Shemuel says, no. He has like our Mishnah. There's no ketubah. However, but a ketana. They divorce her, give her a get, yes, la ketubah. So we have Mahlouk, the Rabbin Shemuel, basically, does a ketana that gets divorced get her ketubah? The Azda Shemuel, the Ta'ameh, Shemuel's following his reasoning, the Amar Shemuel, Mema'enet, Ela ketubah, Yotzah Beget, yes, la ketubah. Okay, there's another statement of Shemuel that says, Mema'enet, no ketubah, ketana, ye ketubah. Now, Mema'enet, another law, lo pasla mina ahim. What does that mean? A mima in it. A lady that makes me, she's not pasul to the husband's brothers. Why? Because she, she uprooted it retroactively. Normally a lady, when she gets married and gets divorced, she cannot marry the husband's brothers. Correct. So now the law of here is a mima in it. When she gets divorced, when she herself nullifies the marriage, she can marry the husband's brothers. Velo pasla mina keuna. Nor is she pasula from the kiuna, because she comes along and says she's a girusha. Girusha is usually pasu. She's not considered a girusha, because how does it work, this mi'un? It retroactively nullifies the marriage. So she's not considered even a divorce, she's not pasu for kiuna. Again, a mima'enet is not pasula for the kiuna. Next one. Yotzabeget, but if a lady goes out with a divorce, even if she's a ketana, number one, pasula menachim, she's pasula to the 
husband's brothers, because she's considered a divorcee. Now, next law. Let's review that law that we learned about. Normally a lady, that after she gets a divorce, she has to wait three months. Those are the three months called Havchana, in order to establish that she's not pregnant from the first husband. Because otherwise if she's pregnant, then she's going to get married. So we're going to have confusion Exactly, if she gives birth six months later, we're not going to know, is it a six-month baby to the second, or is it a nine-month from the first, and therefore we're going to have a confusion. So therefore the regular law is, a lady that gets divorced has to wait three months before she gets married. However, a in it does not. Why not? So Rashi comes along and tells us, even though we made a law that any girl that is married has to wait three months, even if she's a ketana. Now, normally, Kitana cannot get pregnant. It doesn't matter. Once there's a marriage, the rabbis are following the low plug rule. They don't make a hayluk. Anybody that's married, whether they're childbearing or not, they got to wait the three months. However, they didn't make the Gizarab the three months across the board in the case of Mi'un. Because Mi'un already is not really a marriage. So if in this case, it was uh, away from the Gezerah. That's what it says. Look at the bottom Rashi. Two lines at the bottom. After she makes Mi'un, they uprooted the Nisuin. Rabbis made a takana, every nisu'ah has got to wait three months. No pilug. But this is not a case of a nisu'ah. Because what did you do? By making the mi'un, you uprooted the nisu'in, the mafreya. So therefore, there's no deen of three months by the mi'un. She did, she did. She did, but we don't make a gezerah on a, on a, on a katana that made mi'un, because she, she cannot get pregnant. So therefore, there's no reason to make a gizda that she has to wait three months. But normally, in a regular ketanah that had a marriage, we do put it on uh, the three-month rule because of the law of... Look, we don't want to separate between this type of marriage and that type of marriage. But not in the case of mi'un. Comes again, Maran says, you But a lady that goes out with a get, it was a regular ketanah, right? That gets married with a get, even though she, she can't get pregnant. Why? She's married. The suin, the rabbis made a... Gives it out, of course, the way she says in the second line, Lo hilku hakamim betakanatan benesuot. They did not make a hiluk in the takana of nesuot. So the Gemara comes along and says, in all these cases, what is Shemuel coming to teach you? This is all Shemuel's statement, by the way. Shemuel, what are you teaching me? We have a Bifirus Blaiter that tell me all these laws. Well, what does it say in the Blaiter? Tanina lekulu. We have a Blaiter that says all these laws. Let's review the Blaiter. Havim ha'enet beish. Okay, he's permissible in her relatives. And she's permissible in his relatives. Like we just heard, no pesul in the kiuna. It's not considered a divorce. Natan la get, or if he gave a get for kitana, who has to be klobote? He has to be klobote. Who pasla mina kiuna because she's considered a divorce? Question? Question mark? Shemuel, whatever you just told me is beferush in the brayta. So he comes along and answers, Sericha lamtin gimel chodashim estericha ledelotenan. He needed to tell me the three-month law that was not written in the Braita. Which the three-month law doesn't say. So you have to teach me that a ketana that gets married and gets divorced, you need to wait these three months. That's really why he gave me all those other cases, even though they were superfluous, because we know them in the Braita. But Shemuel needed to tell me the law of three months. That what? Ketana year three months on divorce? And I'm in it. No three months. Now the Gibran says, Let us say that the Mahlok between Rav and Shemuel is indeed a Mahlok amongst the Tanaim. Again, let's review for clarity. What is Rav's opinion? Rav's opinion is that a Ketana, she gets married and not Ketubah. Meaning the marriage of a Ketana is nothing. It's like a Mifuteh. And therefore she loses a ketubah. Mashiach and Kutu Shemuel, a ketana yesh ketubah. Right? Vesimanach Shemuel, yesh. So therefore, now the Gibran wants to say that we want to make the smachlokat Rav and Shemuel a machlokat amongst the tanaim. Comes the Gibran and says, what's, Which tanaim are we talking about over here? It'd be the Ezra Omer, in Maaseh ketana klum. The action of a ketana, meaning the marriage, is nothing. What does it mean, nothing? 
the husband does not get the found objects. Normally when a lady finds an object, who's that go to? The husband. Marriage of a katana and Baala Zakaib Siata she gets she he does not get her found objects. Vedoba Maasiadeha, nor does he get her work. Vedoba Farandra no does have rights to nullify her nidari. The eno your shai does not inherit her. The eno mitamela. If he's a kohen and she dies, he does not mitame, meaning it's not his wife. Ze Kladoshil Davar. It's not considered his wife. But she'll need to, to, she wants to get out of that marriage, she needs a mi'un. So let's just analyze on her own. No It's nothing. It's not a marriage. However, to be Yeshua, it's something. Meaning, the husband gets the found objects. Ubasia then also gets the work. Ubafaranda then has a right to nullify her vows. Biyorsha and is inheriting his wife. Umitamela Klaloshodavar Hareikishto Lechodavan Ela Shiutzab de Miun. Again, but the Kitana needs to make a uh can make a miun. So now the Gabana wants to say, Lema Rav the Amar Kirbili Aizir, Ushmuya Dama Kirbi Yoshua. Let us say that this Mahluk the Ravid Shavuel is actually Mahluk Rabbi Li'ezer and Rabbi Yoshua. That what? That just like Rabbi Li'ezer says, in Ma'aseh Ketana Klum, that a marriage is really not a marriage, therefore I'll say what? There's no Ketubah. And that's a graph. And Shemuel that says, yeah, there's a Ketubah, there's a Ketubah, he's going like Rabbi Yoshua and says, what? The marriage is a marriage for all these other things as well. So comes Gabbara and says, wait. Alibad Rabbi Li'ezer Kula'amalu Peligi. Everybody agrees. Rav and Shemuel in Rabbi Li'ezer. Rabbi Li'ezer clearly says, in There's no argument in what Rabbi Li'ezer holds. Rabbi Li'ezer clearly says, there is no uh, marriage by a Ketana. Therefore, the Dini Shi has no Ketubah. The Mahlokit that you want to say, Rav and Shemuel, it's in Rabbi Yoshua. I mean, in Rabbi Li'ezer, everybody agrees. No, nobody can argue. Rabbi Li'ezer clearly smashed the marriage is nothing of the Ketana. Therefore, there is no when we say, let us say it's a machlok to Nav and Shemuel, we want to say it's a machlok in the Biyoshua. What's the two ways to learn the Biyoshua? So Kabbalah says, Kipidigi alibad al Biyoshua. Shemuel can be Yoshua. Good, Shemuel clearly also can be Yoshua. That what? Shemuel says you get a ketubah, because the Biyoshua says what the marriage is a regular marriage. What's the proof of Kishto? He, he keeps her uh, found objects, he makes a tarim, he's metamefa, he's your child. So clearly, Shemuel holds like a Biyoshua. And then the Hadush like this, Verav, Rav Sarai also goes like a Biyoshua. How could you go like a Biyoshua? Ad kano kamar Biyoshua, tam elam midida lidide. All the Biyoshua said that the marriage is a marriage in one direction. That her things go to him. Aban midide lidida lo. But from him to her, No. Which means he gets all her stuff. He gets the Mitziah, he's Yorsha, he's, uh, uh, he gets Ma'asiyadeha. I mean, the stuff, Medida, Lidide, yeah, but who said that the Biyosho will agree that the stuff, Medide, Lidida, yeah, which means Ketubah, no. Why? Rashi, Adkan. Adkan, lo kamar Biyosho ad Ma'asiyah kayamin. She's a Kitanaris girl. If she's not going to get married, what's going to happen? She, people are going to mistreat her. She's going to, going to violate her. She's a little girl, not married. She has no protection. So the rabbis wanted to make an incentive for Kitanot to get married in this, in this situation. So how do they do that? They tell the husband, if you marry her, it's your wife, you get all the stuff. You get Mitziah, you get Yerusha, Ma'asiyadeh. Oh, so guys, okay, beautiful. But according to the Rab, the Yeshua's law is only to make an incentive for the husband to get married. We don't want to hurt the husband, because really Ma'asiyah Katana is nothing. So therefore, it's only one way. He doesn't have to pick it to Babat. Understand? So therefore, we have a Mahloket Rab in Shemuel in Rabbi Yeshua. Again. We originally thought that the Mahlokat Rav and Shemuel does a Ketana get a Ketubah or not? That's dependent on the Mahlokat to be the Ezer and be Yoshua. I say, Rav can it be the Ezer and Shemuel can it be Yoshua. Gibran says, no. According to the Ezer, everybody holds that there's no Ketubah. 
When we said it's a machloket, the machloket of Rav and Shmuel is in, even in Rabbi Yoshua. Now I understand Shmuel. Shmuel says she gets a ketubah, because what does Rabbi Yoshua say? The marriage is a marriage. How can you tell me Rav, that says no ketubah, goes like Rabbi Yoshua? It's because I'll tell you. Ad kam lo kamar Rabbi Yoshua, only medida lidide. Only the stuff that's coming from her to him. Those uh, advantages we give him. Why do we give him those advantages? So, she, so he'll get married. Why do we want him to get married? Because she's a katana. If you don't get married, then she's going to become hefkir. Um, we don't want it to become uh, violated. So therefore, what do we do? We give him an incentive. What's the incentive to get married? He'll get all these items. But mashe'ekin midideh lidida, which means the ketubah, from him to her, who says, Rabbi Yeshua says uh, he pays, and he doesn't have to pay it. So therefore, I can tell you that Rav even holds like Rabbi Yoshua. Yemara continues. Velo belaot. What do we say in the Mishnah? We understood these three ladies, the Mima'enet, the guy that married a Shiniya, and the case of the Ailunit. All these three ladies, the husband does not have to return clothes that she brought into the marriage. He was wearing them. They wore out. He doesn't have to return the Bilaot, the worn-out clothes. So the Gavadana analyzes. Amar liravuna barhiya liravkana. You taught us the name of Shmuel. Okay, now we're going into details. What type of clothes were these? Only if they're nixemilog. Nixemilog are type of items that the lady brings in where the husband is allowed to use the fruit, but not allowed to use the principle. So on these items, if they come in as nixemilog, then the husband can keep them. But when it comes to the fixed properties where the lady brings it in and the husband makes a evaluation that we said he has to give them back, itla. Okay? She gets those back in these marriages. Now, we don't know which marriages she was talking. All he just made a blanket statement. He said, Nechseh milog, the husband keeps. Nechseh son barzel, the husband has to give back. Havi papa. So the papa analyzed. Ahiyah. Where did Shemuel make his, I'm sorry, where did Ravuna Barhiyah, in the name of Shemuel, make this statement? On which of the three cases? Ilima Amima in it. Oh, let's go slow. Maybe, maybe he made a statement on Amima in it. And what would the statement be? A guy marries a Ketana, right? She makes now Mi'un, so he gets to keep Nechsem and he does not have to return back. And he has to return back. Okay, let's just review the terminologies again. A lady gets during the marriage a field. Okay, The field belongs to her. The husband just gets rights to eat. Normally, if the, if the marriage doesn't work out, she gets back her field. And he ate the perot. He's fine. Son Barzel is a little different. Son Barzel, she brings into the marriage, and she writes in the ketubah. I'm bringing you into this marriage over here, this type of field over here. The husband, and she, they make an evaluation. If the field is worth a thousand, he commits, I will pay you a thousand for this field. You will not lose. Whether it goes up or down, the husband benefits or loses because she already like bought the field for money. He owes her that money regardless. It's a fixed price, so she will definitely get paid for that field. She cannot lose from that field. And in the event that the field is still around, Dalakha says, he cannot pay her out. He has to actually give her back the field. Okay, so now we're saying that in the Mima'enet case, right, she made me un, the husband will get to keep the nixer milog, and he'll have to give back nixer sum barzer. So the Gibraltar says, why? Well, that make, doesn't make no sense. If they're still around, which means if the nixer milog field is still around, why shouldn't she get it back? Which means nixer milog really belongs to her. So just because she made me un, so by making un, what is she doing? She's uprooting the marriage of Mafreya. She didn't do anything wrong over here, this lady. Why, why should she make a difference that she should lose? Look, if everything's still around, she should be able to get the, her field back. Look, and everything in Nashi here. Let's start with the word Son Barzil. Son Shukashe. That literally means Son that is uh, firm. What does that mean? She can never lose her son Barzel. That's what's called Barzel, because the husband puts a price on it in the beginning of the marriage, and it's guaranteed to. 
She's even if let's say he uses the field, even if he destroyed the field, doesn't matter. She's going to get the value of the field in case of a divorce or death. That's what we call it barzel, meaning it's guaranteed. Now nixem milog shechnisalo velo shemum bichtuba. She brought this into the marriage, but she didn't evaluate the vakir in the isha. Principal goes to the wife. Uperot nebal. That's called nixem milog. Now nixem son barzel hanishumin bichtuba. That's evaluated in the Ketubah. Now, she's going to give us the language of the Ketubah now, the information. What does it say in the Ketubah? Veda nedunya. This is the nedunya, she says. This is the, 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 the dowry. Dan alat le. That I'm bringing to him. Mibet abu. From a father's house. Vehu mekabir alav akhrayut la aziran la kashitansimimimimu. Now, he accepts upon himself. If they get divorced or death, I return the fields. Aval. So the Gabara is coming along to, to say in the name of Shemuel. Okay? In the name of Shemuel, when did we say Bilaot? These worn out clothes, the husband keeps. That's only if they are Nikse uh, Milug. But if they're Nikse Son Barzel, meaning she brought them into the marriage, she evaluated them as Son Barzel. So in those cases, she gets them back. Now we don't know in which one of the three cases are you talking about, Rabbi? Are you talking about a mima in it? In the case where the lady made a mi'un? Next, that's she. Idi itnu kayamin, idi vi'idi itla, she'enna l'konsa. Are we to penalize the lady that made mi'un? She did nothing wrong. She got married. Was she allowed to get married? Yes. Is she allowed to make mi'un? Yes. So what do you want to say? Oh, because you made a mi'un... We're keeping some of your properties? Why should she keep any of our properties? She should get back. If these clothes over here, I don't care how they came into the marriage. If they came in as Barzel, give it all back. If they came in as Milog, give it all back. There's no reason to make a haluk that the husband should hold any assets back in the case of you. Now, continue the Gemara. Litnu means they are not. They're not around. Which means, let's say, the husband, they were spent. They're worn out. They're totally gone. Continue that she. You get what I'm saying? Idi itnu, idi vidi shakla. Vidi litnu, idi vidi lo shakla. If they were spent already, I understand that he shouldn't have to return anything. Why? Look at that she. Idi vidi ben nixem milog ben deson barzel letla. Now we have to ask ourselves a question. Why not? Which is why letla. Which means bottom line. I understand Perot, I don't have to pay, because Perot were mine. But if, let's say, the Nechsem Milog field somehow was used up, you know, really had no rights to use up the Nechsem Milog field. The Nechsem Milog field really belongs to her. And Nechsem Milog, why doesn't he have to pay back anything to the lady if they're not around anymore? So she says, She achol lomar, sheli hotseti, shareb birshut beti nesatiya, he has a claim like this. It's his claim. On Son Barzel, let's go to Son Barzel, which is easier to understand. Guy gets married. Can he, can he, can he use the Son Barzel fields? Yes, he paid for them already. He put them in the control. I'll pay you a thousand bucks. This is my year. I'll do whatever I want with it now, right? Now, already she makes me un. He can come along and say, I'm not giving back to Son Barzel. The guy, I spent the money already. The field is gone already. I'm not giving you back. What do you mean I'm not giving you back? Listen, because when I married you... I married with the intention that I'm willing to pay for the son Barzel because there's a chance that what? I'm going to end up with them. Why is there a chance I'm going to end up with them? In the event that she dies first, he'll end up keeping the son Barzel. Right or wrong? If she dies first, who gets the son Barzel? He does. So he comes along and says, I got married with that intent, which means I'm willing to give it to you when we get divorced. I'm willing to pay out. If I have that option in case she dies first... But when you come along now, make a mi'un on me, you, you took away that advantage of me. I, I never committed to give you the son barzel in the case where you're going to walk out on me. Because what did she do this place? She made mi'un. So therefore, the son barzel, I understand if they're not around anymore, he could come along and say, I'm not compensating you because I, uh, I only was accepting to give you the son barzel where I had rights to them in the case where she would die or where she would die first. Mashiach, in this case, where she walks out, I'm leaving you. I'm not giving it so much. But the question is, what about the Nechsem Elog? Nechsem Elog are horrors. Which means, I can understand the case over here, that somebody said he paid for them, so he has a right to it. Nechsem Elog, 
Why does she have to give back if they're not around anymore? So now she says, Even though he spent them, he's not allowed to, leave to spend the same amount. The hearts. Now she's coming along and saying that in this case over here we treat the Nechseh Milog like Nechseh Som Barzel. So when a guy gets married also, with Nechseh Som Barzel, what is he thinking? Nechseh Milog belongs to her, no question. And I get the Perot, correct? And then if the marriage is over, of course I got to let her take the Nechseh Milog back. And the Perot that I ate, I'm fine with them. But since again, in his mind... <coughs> He's thinking also, listen, if she dies first, I get to even keep the Nechseh Milog. Right or wrong? He gets to keep all his wife's assets. So therefore, he has a right, according to his Gemara, to come along and say, if he married a, uh, no, no, if he married a Ketana, and she made a Mi'un, the Gemara wants to say, if the assets are still available, meaning the Nechseh Milog are here, or the Nechseh Sumaz, but die, Give him back. What do you mean? You may, here, there's no out of pocket. Meaning, you just give back the uh, fields. If, however, he spent them, then Nechseh he can spend. I don't have a problem with that. Even if he spent Nechseh which he shouldn't have spent them, the Gebra I want to say at this point, really what? He doesn't have to pay back anything. Because he can come along and say, I only committed to pay back in the event where I had an advantage. But now when she took my advantage away, by what? By, by leaving me. So therefore, I'm not paying back. And the Gebra is saying, we can accept such a Sebarah. So therefore, Shemuel's statement does not hold true by the case of Mima'init. What was the case of Shemuel? Shemuel said, uh, when, they, when the marriage dissolves, when she makes Mi'un, he gets to keep Nechseh Milog, and she gets back Nechseh Sumbazil. Well, if the, if the case is Mi'un, it's all or nothing. Which means if the stuff is around, she gets everything back. If the stuff is not around, he can keep everything. So maybe it's on another case. So the Gibran says, what could the other case be? Ela. Ailonit. Okay, the case must be going on Ailonit. What's the case of an Ailonit? He got married to a lady. She's now Ailonit. She cannot have uh, children. Okay? It's like a Mekah Ta'ud situation. So it says, Again, if the items are still around, Again, Chaurai's got to return it. Because the marriage was not a marriage. Then the Barzel and the Milog really belong to her. If we return it. Now we go listen to this way. Let's say they're not around them. Let's say he spent the Sum Barzel. He spent, the field is gone. He used the field, whatever it is. And also he used the Nechseh Milog. So he says, In this case, I understand the husband should give back something. But she should give back the opposite of what Shemuel said. Shemuel said he has to give back what? The Nechseh Sum Barzel. He says, no, in the case of Ailonit, it makes more logic to say he has to give back Dafka the Nechseh Milog, and he can keep the Sum Barzel. Why? Ipcha Mif'ilah. Nechseh Milog... Who owns the Nechseh Milog? She owns the Nechseh Milog. Itla. Which means she should get back. Nechseh Son Barzeh. The Lab Bersuta. Nechseh Son Barzeh really belongs to him. Kaime. Letla. So therefore, Shemuel's statement, if it's somebody that I don't need, should have been reversed. Look at that she now. That she says. Ipcha me ba'yele. Look at, look, at, look at the top, the ones before that. If the, if the, he married an island, right? And the properties are still around. Because who's the one that's divorced over me? He's the one that's divorced. He's saying, get out, you're an island, I don't want you. Now you want to come along and say, listen, if the properties are not around it, you want to give the guy some advantage, because listen, I married this lady, I had no idea what she was over there. I didn't know she was an island, fine. So if you want to divide assets, on the contrary, she should be able to keep Nechseh Milog, and he should be able to keep the Sumbarzel, the reverse of what Shemuel said. Why? That's she. Ibkame Ba'ile. Nechseh Milog, the Bershuta Kaime, Shelo Ayalu, the Balotav and Lobshan. That's not his items. He, he had no right. Let's say these clothes were considered Nechseh Milog. Did he have a right to wear them? No. Nechseh Milog is not for the husbands to benefit from the actual item itself. So therefore, you should have to return Nechseh Milog. Itla. Which means, in a regular case of an Ailonit, it makes, it makes a lot of sense to say what? What does he have to give back? Give back what he has to give back. Give back Nechseh which is hers, and he should be able to keep the Nechseh Barzel. So what's the case that Shemuel said that he keeps the Milog and gives back the Barzeh. So the Gibran concludes and says, Ela Ashiniya. 
Uh, must be talking about, it's the only case left, where he married a Shiniyah. He married a lady that was forbidden to him, Bidrabanan. What's the case? The Kansurabanan. Now the rabbis made a Knas. What was the Knas? Lidida Bedide. They were Kones, her stuff to give to him, Vilidide, and his stuff, Bedida. Which means, what's the Knas? They, they both made a Yisud over here. They shouldn't have married each other. It's a Yisud marriage. What did you marry Yishiniyah for? Yishiniyah she's Yisud with Rabbanan. So then, you know what? We're going to Knas the guy, and we're going to Knas the lady. Now, if I'm Knasing the guy, how do I Knas the guy? On stuff that normally belongs to him, I'm going to Knas you, you got to give it back. What normally belongs to the husband? Nixes on Brazil. You know what? On her, on, on your stuff, I'm going to Knas you, they did that to give to her. On her stuff, what's the stuff that normally comes to her? Milog. On your stuff that normally you keep milog, give it to the husband. So therefore it makes sense what you were saying. Since you're knassing, whatever's entitled to you, that's the item you have to give up. Look at Ashi. Look at Ashiniyah. Shehem niswe avera. Okay, the marriage obviously is ba'avera. Vetama dida mishum kansa. We're going to lift them. We're talking about a case where there's, see, the assets are not around anymore. V'kansuda b'nakloma, medina ibcha mev'ele. El ha'chamim hafku et ha'davan la'akor mehem tunat nesuin kansu otam emas shayar ha'oi l'gavot m'shelo. O'mayniyu, maneu matan mezunot u'malaot t'nechsem melog, sh'yosah shlo b'reshut, u'l'dideh b'dida, ve'oto kansu b'mas shayar ha'oi l'mas shelo, b'laot t'nechsesom b'rzel, sh'yosah b'reshut. Which means, he really, let's not talk about the t'nechsesom b'rzel, he really spent the t'nechsesom b'reshut, he was not to spend it, he bought it at the time of the marriage. Let's say these, these uh, uh, clothes over here, let's say, with somebody, he's allowed to use them. He, he, they're his. They're his what? you got to return them. I'm crossing you. And the opposite, let's say they were uh, considered Nechseh uh, Milog. Nechseh Milog, really, he could uh, benefit from them. And we, I'm sorry, really, they belong to Har Nechseh Milog. In that case, we say, he keeps it. Which means, I'm reversing the items to punish the husband and the wife, because they got married, the Yisud. But what do you see over here? The Gebra comes along and learns a, a law from this. Gebra says... From Nafkana's statement, we learn a law. What's the law that we're going to learn? A guy brings, a lady brings a gilima, a, a shirt or clothes, cloak, into the marriage. The husband cannot wear it until it wears out. He cannot wear it. Which means like this. Lady brings in this uh, shirt into the marriage, this gilima, this uh, clothes. Okay, so would we come along and say, we came along and say that the husband wore it. Okay, got uh, worn out. So we said the husband now has to return, return it back. If it's nixes on barzel, he's able. Uh, so he has to return it. If it's nixemilog, we said he's able to keep it because we want to knas each respective party. So the Gemara wants to say that's only in this case so because they married the Isur. So then we want to knas everybody. But let's say they married Be'etir, a regular husband and wife, beautiful marriage, everything's fine. She brings in now a Gilima. So now the law is going to be, how do we look at a Gilima? We look at a Gilima as Nikseh Son Barzel. I'm sorry, we look at it as Nikseh Milog. And therefore, if you look at it as Nikseh Milog, who owns this shirt? She does. And the wearing... He cannot wear it, because wearing of a shirt is not considered perot. So what would he have to do with this over here? He'd have to take this shirt, if he wants, because let us sell it, buy field, and he'd be able to eat the fruits. But the actual shirt itself has a deen of nechsem milog. Now, how did he learn that? How did he learn from Rafkana that when the lady brings in clothes into a marriage, it has a status of nechsem milog, and what? The wearing does not uh, constitute perot. So look at Ashi. Ashi says, Shema mina, fourth line down, if they get one. Shema mina, the Avkana, the Amar, Shiniya in la belaot nechse milog. Let's analyze. Let's say she brought in nechse, let's, let's, let's speak it out. Let's say she brought in these clothes. Listen closely. She brought in these clothes into the marriage. She brought these clothes in as nechse milog. What does nechse milog mean? They're mine. But you have a right to have perot. Okay? She brought in as nechse milog. What did Afghana say? If the husband wears the uh, the clothes over there, okay, so therefore we canass her. 
What do we kenas her? We kenas her, the lady, because she got married, be sued. You're not getting these clothes back. Must be what? Normally she should get the clothes back. Yes? Even though they wore out. They wore, they wore out. Really she should get them back, and really she should be compensated. Let's go slow. He wore these clothes and they wore out. Okay? What's the deen? He does not have to compensate her for the wearing out of these clothes. Why? Because we're crossing you. You married the Isud. If they were married in a regular marriage, he would have to compensate her for the wearing and the usage. Implying what? That wearing clothes that a lady brings into a marriage is not considered perot. Because it was considered perot, we'll have to compensate you. I get perot. Ella, you see, the usage of a of clothes is not considered perot. I'll say again. The fact that Shemuel, Rafkana made a statement. She brings in the clothes, right? He's wearing them. What do we say? The usage factor now. What's the usage factor? They wore out. Husband, you don't have to, you don't have to compensate her for the, for, for the bilaot. Implying what? We're knassing you. Mm-hmm. Lady, you got married to Isud. Even though normally you deserve that compensation. compensation, we're taking it away from you. Oh, so the Gabbana, you know what I learned from this? I learned this in a regular marriage that's legal. When she brings in clothes and the husband wears the clothes, he would have to compensate her for that usage factor and the wearing out factor. Why? Because it's not considered perot. What's the perot of clothes? The perot of clothes is if she would sell them okay. uh, and buy karka. And then with the karka, he can use perot. That's fine. But clothes are considered principal. And the usage is not considered the wearing. Let's read that inside now again. She brings a gilima into the marriage. It's considered what? Principal. He cannot cover himself with them. Until they wear out. He cannot do that. What do you mean? I thought we said that what is really considered perot. You tell me it's considered perot. So comes again what says. Look at Rashi. Right. He argues. Which means, because that we have a machloket between Rav Nachman and Rav Kahana, how do you consider... Wearing. Is wearing of the clothes considered perot? Or is wearing the clothes considered kerem? Now let's go a step further. Mm-hmm. Now let's go slow. What do we say? All these ladies, three ladies, let's review the three ladies. Mema Enet, Elonit, Shinia. All these ladies lose ketubah. They lose the ikar ketubah. That's either the hundred or the two hundred. That's clearly written in the... What's Tosefet? Sometimes the husband writes, I'm going to give you more than the Ketubah. I'm going to give you a thousand extra. That's considered Matana. She does not forfeit the Matana, the Tosefet. She only forfeits the Ikar. Mima'enet and all her friends. What's the friends of the Mima'enet? That's all the ones that we said in the Mishnah. Right, the Shania and the Ailonit. Ladies, let's say the rabbis penalize them and they go out without a ketubah kegon. That's a lady that, let's say, is not uh, modest like we learned. Right? She doesn't want to follow the laws of and her friends. Who are the friends of the lady that doesn't want to keep the laws of Tzini'ut? So that she says her friends are a lady, bottom line. A lady has vows on her. I don't want to be married to a lady that has vows on her. Or Mumino, she has all types of blemishes on her. Or she's Mekalel, her in-laws. She's Mekalel, her in-laws in front of the husband. All these ladies over here, they forfeit Ketubah. However, the deen is what? Overet al-dat elem tosefet. They lose even the tosefet. So you got to know, certain ladies, they just lose the ikat. Other ladies even lose the tosefet. Now, Let's say there's a shemra on the lady. Let's say she considered she committed znut. There's rumors on it she committed znut. Notelet She can only take what's in front of her and she leaves. Which means normally the nechsemid log belongs to her. Correct? This lady we penalize. The husband technically can keep all the nechsemid log even of this lady. Whatever she can salvage. She could take, but she cannot uh, take more than that, which means, let's say there's some, uh, there's some examples that are available for the grab, whatever she can grab on the way out, she can grab on the way out, but that's it. Really, the husband gets to even keep the, the examples. So, there's, there's, there's degrees. 
Certain ladies just lose a kar Certain ladies even lose tosefet. And certain ladies even lose nechsem benog. That really they sh- she should get back after the marriage is dissolved. Comes Gabbaran says, Misaya le Ravuna. Tamaravuna, Zinta. This, this is a proof of Ravuna that says what? Zinta. If a lady commits Zinut, Lo Sida Belaotea Kayamin. Which means the Belaot that are still uh, around, Lo Sida. Which means what? That if a lady committed Zinut, she could just grab whatever the old clothes that are still left. And she can take them back. But more than that, she cannot get. She just gets the old clothes. Comes the Gibran says, Tani Tana committed of Nahman. Zinta. Oh, we have another statement that says what? If she committed Zinut, Hifsida, Bilaute Kayamin. She loses. So make up your mind. One statement says she gets to keep the Bilaot. One statement says if she committed Zinut, she loses the Bilaot. Amale Imhi Zinta. So he comes back and says, What do you mean? If she committed Zinut, Kileha Mizanai. What do you want to punish her kidding for? Which means she committed zinut. Okay, so therefore you want to take away uh, ketubah and stuff like that. But what do you want to punish her? It's her killing. It belongs to her. Which means the nechsem and log belong to her. What do you want to punish her? Why she confiscate the uh, property? So comes the and says, Tani comes along and says, Lo hifsida belaoteha. Change the braita. Which is the, instead of learning the braita, hifsida belaoteha. Right? Change it to lo hifsida. So therefore the two braitot are... Agreeing that what when she's committed zinut she gets to take back her bilaot. Amar Raba Bar Barhanab Amar Bihanan Zud the very minachem stimataa. This is this brayta that said zinta if sida bilaot that she loses her bilaot that's going to be minachem stimataa. Aval hachamim omrim zinta lo if sida bilaot kayamin she gets to keep the so if we want to say, well, that, there is a brighter like that. Don't change the brighter. That brighter is really going, going to mm-hmm. But the Ma'asachim argue and say what? That when a lady commits Znut, she gets to take whatever she can recover, meaning Avar Bela'ot. Now, Now, what do we learn in the Mishnah? If let's say a guy marries an Ailunit, and he knows from the beginning that she's Ailunit. He knows from the beginning, he knew what he was doing. What's the deen? She gets Ketubah. Amaravuna Ailunit Isha Ve'ena Isha. Well, in Ailunit, sometimes she's considered like a wife, and sometimes she's not considered like a wife. Almana, that's Almana married to a Kohen Gadol, Isha Gemura. But in Ailunit, that's married, that uh, Almana married to a Kohen Gadol, she's considered full-fledged wife always. Kabbalah okay, explains. Ailunit, Isha, Ve'en Isha. What's the case? Give me a case of an Ailunit that's sometimes considered a wife, and sometimes not considered a wife. Hikirba, yes, the Ketubah. Of course, if he knew what he was getting into, it's a regular wife. She gets a Ketubah. Lo Hikirba. But if you didn't know that she was Ailunit from the beginning, in la ketubah. That's what it means. Isha, the inisha. Depends if the guy knew about it or not. If he knew about it from the beginning, regular wife, she gets ketubah. If he didn't know about it from the beginning, what's the deen? She does not get a ketubah. So she's in isha. Now, almana isha gemura. Why? Ben ekirba, ben lo ekirba. Yes, la ketubah. When almana marries a kohen gadol, whether he knew about it or he didn't know about it, she always gets the ketubah. Now, what's the logic? I understand that. What if he if he knew about it and he married it anyway? Of course she gets ketubah, because he knew that he didn't care. My wife, he didn't know about it. She didn't, he didn't know she was almana. They get married. All of a sudden, what? He finds out that she is indeed an almana, still according to the Yehuda, pay the ketubah. So the Mephash should explain over here, because this is the anyan of uh, understanding of what a, what, what a husband wants. Mm-hmm. When a man marries an Ilonit, and he doesn't know she's an Ilonit, you could assume for sure he was not marrying this lady. Mm-hmm. A man gets married, wants to have children. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the whole thing is a mikkah ta'ut. The whole thing is a mistake from the inception. Therefore, she forfeits her ketubah. However, when a guy marries an almana, let's say he didn't know, but now he still he, now he finds out it's possible he might still want to stay married, uh, depending on his uh, yetsarara. If he cannot uh, control his yetsarara to get uh, divorced, so therefore you could assume that even if he didn't know about it, could be he would still stay, and therefore he starts to pay ketubah. That's according to Rabbi Yehuda. However, I'm, I'm sorry, that's according to Tanakama. The Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda comes along and says. That was, by the way, Rav Huna. Rav Yehuda says, no. Ehadzu v'ahadzu. Isha v'ena isha. There's no difference between an Ailonit and an, an Almana. Hekirba yeshna ketubah. Lo hekirba ena ketubah. If he knew about it, from the beginning, that she's Ailonit, she gets ketubah. If he knew that she was Almana, gets ketubah. If he didn't know about it from the beginning, both forfeit. So Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda makes sense. So comes the Gemara and says, Meti we have a question. Kansab be'azka chi ken. 
let's say he married her, assuming that she was she was that, which means she was a Ailunit or Amana. Then him said she can, and found out that she indeed was that. Yeshla ketuba. That's only because she married her on that presumption. Pr- presumption, exactly on that premise, which means let's say he she told them from the beginning. I'm an almana. So the Kohen Gadol case. Kohen Gadol gets married. Almanat kin, which means you're an almana. Yes, married anyway. So what's the deen? Got to pay her. Oh, so what's the diuk we can make from such a statement? Hastama. But if it was just stam, where nothing was clear, in la ketuba, she loses her ketuba. So who's that a question on? That's a question on Ravuna. Because Ravuna just told me what... Ravuna is the shita that says, even if he didn't know, she gets a ketuba. And here it's masma, if he didn't know, in la ketuba. This is more masma like Ravuna. Because again, what was the what was the brighter statement? The brighter statement was if he knew from the beginning, he knew from the beginning, he got to pay her. Mashma what? If he didn't know, meaning what? Stama, stama, she loses the ketubah. Question against Ravuna. Gemara says lo tema has stama in the ketubah. Don't learn it. The diuk like that stama. Ela ema kansa beiskat sheenaken v'nimset sheiken in the ketubah. Learn the diuk the reverse. He married her. On the assumption that she was not, and then she was. That even Ravuna will agree that that's that's mekhtaut. So she lose the ketubah. So learn the reverse case, which means if he married, uh, are you an almana? Yes. And he found that she was almana. Pay a ketubah. What's the diuk to make? If you married on the condition, are you not an almana? Yes. And then you found out that she was, she loses. But in the case of stam, maybe she still will get a ketubah. Amal stama mai. Itla? What do you want to tell me? Stam, she'll get a ketubah? Adetani be'azkat shi'ken, v'nimsat shi'ken, yesh ketubah, l'shme'inan stama, v'kos shi'ken ha. Kibra says, right? Tell me the big hidush. You told me the case in the Mishnah, the Braita, what? He married her on the condition that she was almana, and she wasn't almana. What? She gets ketubah. Tell me a better case. Tell me a case, stam even. Tell me a case, we didn't say anything. We married a stam and she's found to be an almana that she still gets the ketubah. Which right. is, why don't you tell me the... Bigger hadus. Why don't you tell me the case of where he married an almana that she's almana and she wasn't almana. Certainly. Tell me the case of stam and all the Muslims know that case. And the fact that the Mishnah did not say that case must be we're learning it wrong. So Kabbalah says, they're odd. And furthermore, Ravuna, you're wrong. You know why? Tini, we have a clear braita. Kansabiyadua. If a guy married a lady and he knows that she's almana, then biyadua. Yes, the ketubah. And the brightness clearly says, Kansastam in the ketubah. So clearly, there you go, Ravuna. You're, you're, you're being, uh, uh, you're arguing on a brighter. To you, the Ravuna. Now the only question is, Ravuna, what was Ravuna thinking? How could he go against a Bifiru's brighter? So the Gabbara says, Ravuna matnitin ate ate. Ravuna read our Mishnah. And he, exactly. He got, he made a mistake based on a reading of our Mishnah. Why would it say in our Mishnah? Who sabar, he thought, What did our Mishnah say? When concluding, our Mishnah said, Ailonit. If he married the Ailonit, and he knew she was Ailonit, he knew from the beginning, he got a pair of ketubah. Why did Mishnah only give that case? Why didn't he give the case by an almana? It only gave the case where he knew she was an ailonit. The Mishnah could have gave the case the same thing by a almana. So you know what Ravuna read the Mishnah and said? Because by an almana, must be it doesn't make a difference. Which means even if they, if if, 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 if let's say she was a hikiba, even if he knew that she was an almana from the beginning, still he has to pay her Still he has to uh, uh, pay her ketubah. By ailonit, it makes a difference. If he didn't know. He's off the hook. I didn't know. They make a ta'ut over here. But by Almana, whether he knew or even if he didn't know, okay. he still has to pay the ketubah from the fight. The Mishnah only gave it hiduk by Ailonit. I review. What was the deen in the Mishnah? A lady that's Ailonit. Hikirba, if he knew from the beginning, pay her. No Hikirba, don't pay her. Why did the Mishnah only give the case by Ailonit? Because Mashwa by Almana, even if he didn't know, and then she became Almana, he realized, pay her. That was Abunah's mistake. In the Mishnah that chose as an illustration, Ailonit, and not Almana, he thought that there might be a difference. So the Gebarah said, but that's not so. Veloi. 
which means if you look at the construction of the Mishnah, right after it brought the case of Ailonit, it brought Ailonit. If you knew about it, pay the Ketubah. If you didn't know about it, don't pay the Ketubah. Then it brings the next case, Almanah the Kohen Gadol. A regular case of Almanah Kohen Gadol, so the fact that it brings the Almanah the Kohen Gadol next, it's saying it follows the same rule as the Ailonit. Therefore, the fact that the Mishnah put them next to each other, they have to speak every case out. Therefore, the law is the same. But what? Hikirba. Pay? No, Hikirba. No, so therefore, Avuna is knocked out, but we just have now a, a source to where Avuna made his mistake. It was based on a reading of the Mishnah, but really the bright does against him, and therefore, then he would be like Rav Yehuda, that there's no difference between an Almana and an Ailurit. Hikirba. Pay? No, Ekirba, false premise, no, Sarikh, the Shalem, Ketubah, Hadran, Allah, Amanan is on it.